Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Good Game. Nice try your favorite podcast, and one of the longest video game podcast titles out there. I'm your co-host, Aaron Blair, along with me on this fine, fine Friday, Sonia Reed. How are you, Sonia? Oh, good. I, I appreciate the the gentle start. Yeah. The gentle start to the morning. This is good. This is nice. You know what's interesting to me is I think that one thing that makes people crazy, I've mm-hmm. noticed, that doesn't bother me at all, is backseat gaming. Uh, you know, we mm. all we all do a lot of twitching, we all do a lot of live streaming, and I'll see in the rules of a lot of people's profiles no backseat gaming. And for those who don't know, backseat gaming is do you want to explain it, Sonia, what backseat gaming is? Picture yourself on a road trip. You have your navigation set, you know where you're going, you're enjoying the journey, you're in the driver's seat, you got your tunes on, everything is fine. And you have you have someone in the back seat yelling and screaming at every wrong turn you've taken. And why didn't you do this? And oh, but that's around the corner. Oh, how about this? So it a kind of akin to um, backseat gaming. And if you were if you were my father, uh, you would be the driver and the person screaming at the driver <laughs> because you would constantly be like, oh, "I missed the turn. God damn it!" Fuck. One in the same. You One in the so same. Angry, right. So. But that's you're right. It, it, it's people. It's people telling you what to do or telling you that you fucked up while you're playing a game. Now, I personally love backseat gaming. I'm a moron, and so like my father, I you can't get more upset at me or make me more upset than I do myself. So I actually welcome it. I don't know what to do. What pisses me off, like we were kind of talking about before, is like if I'm playing a game and I get stuck on a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So backseat game, just tell me the puzzle. Tell me the puzzle. I want to. I want to get into this horror game. Tell me what to do. do. Are you guys? Do you like backseat gaming? Does it make you insane? You so think? I. You know what? I've come from one end of the sliding scale and have emerged very zen. I feel like I because thinking about backseat gaming, Twitch is is literally that. Twitch is just an open platform for backseat gaming. Yeah, that's all. For that's. Sure. That's all it is. So when I first started streaming and I'm playing shooters like CSGO and I'm playing Overwatch, I fucking suck. I'm not good. Right. And 
I I know that I'm not good, but no amount of yelling from chat is going to improve this. Got it, got it. So I feel like that got under my skin for a hot second. You know what? I, I guess, well, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, but to your point, I think backseat gaming in like a competition is way mm-hmm. different from narrative, right? For sure. So that, yes, that was... Aggravating. I'm like, I, I already know I'm bad enough. I don't need a reminder. Yes, yeah. I missed that shot like several before and several to come. Yes, I know. However, I feel like it made me just ignore it way more. Oh, there we uh, go. And I feel like I've grown. But to your point, yes, narrative games, There, we've talked about it 101 times, but being in a horror game or any narrative game whatsoever and being stuck on a puzzle it like I I feel like I am a pretty zen person overall, but that breaks me. Yeah. Absolutely shatters me. So I fully welcome and appreciate the supportive chat. Yeah. For sure. It's really funny. I so when we did the Fallout Clueless Gamer, we went out to Bethesda and played Fallout with Todd Howard, which was great. Mm, fun. And I was playing and he He's there and he's like, he's asking me questions and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And I I truly love Fallout. It's one of my favorite franchises. Skyrim's incredible, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And uh, he said a really funny thing, which was I was like stuck in this basement or something. And he just, he's like, just go left, just go left. He's like 99% of the time, the exit is left. You could just find your way out if you go left. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, huh, huh. thanks, dude. Really interesting, right? And he's like, 99%. And I did. And I found my way out. And uh, yeah, he's just, just go left. Just go left. And I was like, okay. Isn't that crazy? Is that the secret? <laughs> I guess so. Just but go anyway, left? Anyway, Todd Howard's backseat gaming me. I'm welcoming it because I was <laughs> lost in the basement. So like, let's go. Jen, now, you, Jen, you don't do any streaming. You don't do any Twitch streaming. When somebody is playing, when you're playing with someone or someone's next to you, do you care if they tell you what to do? Like, do you like per- in-person backseat gaming? It depends on the game. However, I will say I think upon some self-reflection while I'm listening to you guys, I think I'm the backseat gamer to my girlfriend. <gasps> the, call, the, the call is coming from inside the house. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm just and she's currently playing Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time and I am just oh, boy. yelling things and she I can tell she's starting to get a little like, can you just stop? <laughs> just let me so let me do my thing that's funny so i support it more backseat gaming <laughs> well you there support we it from go. within yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, if it's me it's fine rules for thee not for me <laughs> exactly <There we> go <laughs> look i i think when it comes to backseat gaming i personally would find it annoying if so if i'm playing a competition game but in a narrative game as long as it's spoiler free i welcome it because you know what I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I do the least things. And more people, everyone else is more knowledgeable and better at stuff than me. And including our guest today, who has quite a list of accomplishments. And I would welcome our guest to backseat game me anytime she wants. Yes, I second that. If our guest today wants to backseat game any of us at any point, I fully support. 
you are more than welcome. Uh, our guest today is an amazing actress and she's a self-described hardcore gamer. She's voiced characters in amazing games like Far Cry 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds, and Star Wars Battlefront 2. She's also starring in the highly anticipated upcoming Borderlands movie, which is so cool. And here it is, our interview with Janina Gavankar. Janina, welcome! Oh, thank thanks. you for being here. Thank thanks, guys. Being... I, I have to say, you are, are a part of so many huge franchises. I mean, True Blood, Star Wars, and now Borderlands. This mm-hmm. Borderlands movie is bananas. Have bananas. you seen the trailer? Has, has it been leaked yet? I haven't seen the trailer yet, no. So they, they just showed a trailer at the uh, CinemaCon. It's sort of like, you know, I have Google alerts. So I got, I was like, oh, somebody showed something. And then I was like, but can we see it though? You know, like, we, <laughs> like oh, that's cool that the press got to see it. Can right. we see the thing that we did? And I just, yeah, I just saw it. So it was um, so far well received. Let's see what the gamers think. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Eli Roth directing, Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Jimmy Curtis, and you, it's packed with talent. You got Jack Black in there. Jablinski's not going to attach mm-hmm. himself to a video game project that's not great. Yeah. He has a bunch of us idiots in it. Uh, I just played D&D with him recently. Nice. And um, I was like, have you seen anything? He's like, nope. So, <laughs> great. We have no idea. Let's all cross our fingers, you know? <laughs> I like what you said about, let's see what the gamers think. Yeah. Because yeah. it's true. I feel like, you know, sometimes it's hard to bring something uh, from a video game that's so cherished and that people have spent so much time on yeah. to the big screen. And, you know, now that you've seen a little bit of the trailer and being involved so deeply in it, what do you feel that uh, the Borderlands movie is doing right? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I mean, one thing that we all really focused on was the reality of what the characters themselves are going through and what they want and what they feel, right? Um, because it absolutely retains the humor and it, it, it does all of those things in spades. So, but the only thing that grounds something is just like the actual super objective of a character, you know, which is um, just the job of the actor to do. And, and when Kate Blanchett is there staring in your face, you're just like, Okay, well, better mean it. That's right. You know, <laughs> Any, anyone could give us fun in games, but can you give us the all is lost moment? I mean, that's yeah. like the thing, right? That's it's the emotional yeah. stakes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, you, you do your interviews and then they like package it to, together later. I said, like, you know, it really tells you you can find your people and, and that's your family. I was basically pretending like I was doing the EPK for Fast and the Furious. And the it's about family. Yeah. And the or EPK Olive director yeah. did not get what I was doing. Oh, no. And, um, <laughs> but I did it very deadpan. So it might make the rounds. And I hope so. In a very serious way. And I'm I like, oh, it. God, people will not know that I was like taking the piss at all. <laughs> but that's the point. That is the ethos of Borderlands, right? It's like yeah. everything's fucked. Let's just bumble through all of this, yeah. you know? So yeah. we half of these planets have no water. You know, it's just like <laughs> soon to be this planet if we don't <laughs> fix to also turn things that. around. There we're we about to that. we're about to be uh cosplaying Borderland here. Almost in a few years. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was like one of the very first moments for you? When you were found yourself on the other side of the mirror 
Was there a moment like you can remember you looked around, you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, that's like, listen, I was in a, a studio last night doing pickups for, it's been announced, so I feel okay, but uh, for Spoken. And it's a Japanese studio. So I was doing a 9 to 11 p.m. pickup session. And even then you're just like, this is so cool. Because... You know, I'm like a nerdy theater kid who is like, I'm a transformational actor. And then I moved to Los Angeles and was like, well, if you want to be in this industry, you don't get to do that. Your face and your body is you're stuck with it, you know? Right. <laughs> and especially sure. if you are a brown person, right? It's like it's they really pay attention to those things that you never realized were going to be a part of your the, the way that people work you. Right. Yeah. Or the opportunities you have. So I get to do things working in games and doing performance capture that nobody is ever going to fucking let me do in quote unquote Hollywood. It's never going to happen. So it's just every time I, I get to work on a game, it's, it's, it's not just like as a fan dope, as an artist dope, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just an intense amount of freedom that we get to have in the games industry that you don't really get to have in um in an on-camera experience you know so obviously you're you're a pretty hardcore gamer all around but how did you actually get your start in gaming so my origin story is like i had a super strict upbringing i didn't get to play video games i found video found i was handed a controller in 2007 and that just happened to be the dawn of the AAA game. So within the first year of me touching a controller, it was the first Assassin's Creed, the uh, first Bioshock Portal, oh. which is my favorite game. Oh, my God. Um, my girl. What else came out that year? I mean, it's literally like, look it up. I played it, right? And my entire social circle were geeks. I hadn't really, like, found all the – I had just moved to L.A., you know, like, I was – uh, that's, I had found my realist people, which are geeks. And so, and one of them was like, you don't understand you're a gamer and like handed me the orange box, which had portal. Right. Oh, oh my God. Amazing. So that was yeah. what, that's what happened. Um, I was also the first actor to use Twitter. So I'd been yes. tweeting since 2006. Yeah, wait, Amazing. is this true? And <laughs> yeah. on Richard Branson's so, computer? Yeah, so random. I, we talked about this many times. I do think this is all a giant VR simulation we're in. Oh, we're in yeah. a simulation. Well, I feel he's like my first adult boyfriend. I was with him for <laughs> five years. He's the nice. CEO and, and founder of DeviantArt. So that's why all the people in my life were geeks. And um, he got invited to... Necker Island, which is Richard Branson's private island. I know it's like this is everything I'm saying is a ridiculous situation, right? Like simulation. we can all just Again, like, simulate. Yeah, simulation, simulation, simulation. simulation. Um, but it was like it became one of the most like uh, infamous trips there because it was 2000, end of 2006, and it was like a tech summit because. Richard apparently thinks like at the time he like thought the internet was the the background on his PC, which was like the two palm trees, which he also made, had built in on his thing. I don't know. So he thought that that was like the internet, right? <laughs> and um, 
he, but the cool thing is like, you know, people who like him, who are just like the most optimistic dude in the room, they stay youthful by not assuming that they know everything and just having, Mm -hmm. you know, people that the next generation around. Right. So he invited all these, like the, the tech minds of new media. I think that was the word that everybody was using. Sure. So ridiculous. But it was it was like NU, like new metal, you know, like corn and that stuff. New, <laughs> yeah, me- yeah, yeah. new media, yeah. GNU. GNU. G- GNU, yeah. yeah new media. New. Yeah. Or no vowels. We can just drop all the vowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went and I was like the plus one, but I had just done this interactive search engine project called Ms. Dewey and that had come out. And so... I got sort of like recognized from that, which is a very forward thinking tech exercise. And I'm, you know, so it was like very clear that I was not just like the girlfriend. And then I made a bunch of friends. We all got along. We all partied our asses off. And then, you know, there was then this guy, Chris Saka, who's now a billionaire, who was head of special initiatives at Google at the time was touting this thing called Twitter. And it wasn't even incorporated yet. And I, Whoa, I like heard about it and I was like, yeah, that's going to work because people like me, we suffer, we, we are at the mercy of email lists, which yeah. by the way, we're kind of going back to because social media has become yeah. so noisy. Full circle. <laughs> and then, and it wasn't, nobody had smartphones yet. So you had to text to 40404 to get your tweet out. Oh, that's yeah. right. I yeah. forgot that. But it wasn't Damn. called tweeting yet. Yeah, it was, it was, and I just, ha- listen, like someone had to be, ended up being the first actor. It just happened to be me, right? But that's and, cool. That's really cool. It's random and cool. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly cool. But I have like a few of those things, you know, like I'm early adopter. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I can kind of tell when something's full of shit and when it makes, it. just right. because in the end, I'm an actor and our actual job is to pay attention to humans and yeah. human needs and human nature. Yeah. It all we're all so fucking basic. Like we Not are core, yeah. little dumb babies, little dumb wounded babies all of apes. us. Ba- Just baby apes. doing our best. But at the same time of you, you know, being being an actor, you're also just a big nerd. So yeah, exactly. Like you, in in the best way. So I feel like you can, you know, when you're in that space and just in the tech space, you can kind of see what, uh, like where trends are going or what makes sense or where a need needs to be filled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's always, you know, like the corner of technology and art is always where I've lived. I think it's probably, my father was an engineer, so I was never really afraid of that kind of stuff. You know, cool. it's just like, oh, this is how more things get done. If you make a thing that helps you do the thing you are ultimately trying to do, which is you know, probably deeper than just the the thing you think it is, right? Right. When you talk about product and you think about like, where's the value in a company? It's mostly the experience. Like, what does the product actually make you experience? That's the value of, of most companies, right? Yeah. And it was, mm-hmm. it was so interesting. Like, uh, I, I read that you were like a first round investor in ClassPass, which is like yeah. a similar thing. Like, and I, I kind of live my life. Oh my God, this is, I can't believe I'm saying this is being recorded. I can't I wait. live my I, life I, like I'm a so video excited. game. I live my life uh, like a video game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm oh, sorry. No. I think it's I just got, so I just got, meta. I just got my virginity back, I think. But, um, <laughs> but, but it is that thing. And like, I, I do think that in that way, kind of what you're saying, Janina, like, like taking risks and these things, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Video games have taught me 
um, confidence and taught me a lot of of great things. And to to take risk to fail is to kind of where I'm to going. fail and 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 realize that. It's not by doing things once that I get good at them. If you could distill anything that you've kind of learned from your gaming or those kinds of things, is there anything that comes to mind, like in terms of that, that you could apply to your real life, this real simulated life? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all, yeah, for sure. You know, like what you just said is, is really like, it's so, you don't start a game OP as fuck, right? right? right, It's like- if you want to be a Jedi, you have to be born with a certain set of midichlorians. Yeah. And then even then, even if you have a shit ton, you still, somebody has to teach you. Right. You know, like, yeah. you know, you have to go through these things and you have to level up and you have to, you know, like. You got to go to Dagobah. Wheel, you got to do it, you know, like. And then at the end, you can face yeah. the big bad and take them down. But make sure before you go into the final battle that you have leveled up everything and collected all the <laughs> things and make sure that you're ready for the final showdown. Yeah. That is life, right? <laughs> like <laughs> that's yeah. what's that's what's fun. Uh, that's you know, and and actually, I think that I think that games have taught me how to gamify most things in my life, right? Like you know, that's I'm true. I was born a. a a weirdo with big feelings, art girl, you know, and then, and and there's art and there's industry and they are two different circles in an overlapping diagram. And if you're lucky, by the way, if you're lucky, you can suffer through the industry to be able to do the, the art thing. Right. And to get through the industry, you have to gamify this shit, man. Agreed. You mm-hmm. gotta fucking figure out how to get into the thing, sneak into the and that and the thing is like I'm a pretty stealthy because I started so late. I don't have those kinds of gamer skills. That's not what moves me. So I'm the sneak, sneak attack bitch, right? Like you'll never see me coming. And but that's also my journey through this industry, yeah. right? That's a strategy. Like, that's a great strategy. That's that's, my, that's that's how I move. Like that's it's all it's all the same. And then and you know like gamers care deeply and and I certainly have like geek rage when somebody ruins the thing that I love. I absolutely uh-huh. have that, you know. Um, In but what way? Like like spoil something or no? Meaning you took the thing I love and you watered it down to bullshit and you uh, made a dumbass movie and I hate you. You didn't give you it. Know? Didn't do it justice. Didn't do it. You justice. didn't do it justice. Fair. And there's a few reasons why that happens. But also, like, there's gamer entitlement, which I think is something that we all need to check in ourselves. Yes. You that's, know? Like, and nobody talks about that side of it. That's the thing, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing. So at this point, I I consult at a few studios. And that's what I, that's yeah. what I talk to gamers about as well, right? It's like, I love that you're protective over the thing that you love. But yeah. you have to understand that the thing you love was made by human beings. <laughs> and yes. making a game is the hardest thing on the planet like the the there are so many moving parts and there are so many people and the heart of the thing can get lost at every turn and yeah. it's a miracle when they're good yeah it's a miracle when a game ships when it period. even ships yeah when it even ships but yeah to make it good but and you know and that's the thing too is i feel like uh, translating that to to a movie is a difficult thing. And like we're saying, like people are so protective over something that they care so deeply about, which is amazing that they have such a love for this world and a love for these characters and have such a passion for um, like a certain IP. But yeah, bringing it 
to the big screen, there has to be a little bit of letting go. There yes, has to be because they'll match. It's nice to is, match the tone, but totally. yeah, it's not going to be. The, it's not going to be the same. So in the so in one breath, I say check your entitlement with games themselves. But in the in another breath, I say stay mad, bro. They're <laughs> yeah. not getting this shit right. Right, they That's are passion. not. Yeah. And one of the reasons why. I think it's okay for gamers to be mad at these these movies is because I think they can intrinsically feel that Hollywood doesn't think that the games industry is classy, valuable uh by the by the Hollywood bullshit metric of fancy. Yeah. There's no and, respect. And they because feel like we can feel that lack of respect, we're angry. And I get it because by the way, I'm in both rooms. I'm in the game side of rooms and I'm in the Hollywood ass Hollywood side of rooms. And there's so many times when I can, I have to look in a Hollywood person's face and say, I understand that you think games are cute, but they're going to eat you. Right. And you are already obsolete because you're looking down on an entire industry. I know that obsolescence is scary, but get with the times, baby. People, I don't, I'm, I'm, Let quoting, know. I, but I have to say that. Yeah. And it has to come from somebody who sits on the fence and yeah. just goes, your hubris will turn you into a dinosaur so quickly. I don't know. Like, that's not my problem. But yeah, yeah. Not it's just problem. not wanting to change. It's not wanting to adapt. It's not wanting to appreciate and explore something that's unfamiliar. You know what yeah. I mean? Totally. Yeah, and it's and by the way, it's okay. It's absolutely and it should be different. A movie should be very different than a game. Mm-hmm. And and but the the kernel of it's like books. It's like any other IP, right? Like, but the kernel of the point, the themes, the characters, the archetypes, the what is it saying? Yeah, has to be retained. And if it's yeah. not, then it's here's here's the other thing. It's like, well, it's based on the book, but we had to change. How many things have I been in? That's like based on a book. Everything has to be based on some shit to even get made in Hollywood. Okay, let's <laughs> all true. just like no, that's existing what it is, right? IP forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I I'm producing this podcast about True Blood, and the, our blood, last yeah. yes, and our last episode is with Alan Ball, and he talks about reading the book, and by season three they had run out of books, right? So it's like we all understand that we they have to be two different things, but the kernel like the heart of the thing you have to respect it that's Mm -hmm. why it was a hit for you to even have noticed it exists to then mine for your hollywoodness right so so that is like that i get why people are like i don't know and i'm like i get it man i get it so i so i i also fully sympathize with the gamer that's like don't ruin my thing yeah or don't disrespect i should say don't disrespect my thing i think maybe we should just like actually define it a little bit more like yeah don't don't, yeah i I totally agree and i I think like so much of it like growing up like as a huge nerd in michigan and there's you know hollywood is a million miles away and all this stuff and me playing D &D every friday night at denny's Mm -hmm. you know with my friends it's one of those things where i think i just want to be seen 
I, I just want to be, know that the people, like you're saying, the people that are making the thing see me and respect me. And I think mm-hmm. a great example of that is the Sonic movie. You know, we had been, we've had Ben Schwartz on a couple of times mm-hmm. and ben. how the, the first I've made of, out with Ben. What? Me too. What? Oh, on Space me. Force. There we go. There we go. Yes, exactly. How, <laughs> how is he as a kisser? Uh, I thought I'll read him a B plus. I never I, I remember these B plus. That's yeah. what it was like for the two of you. Yeah, just for oh, us no. too. Huh. But yeah, but I, I will say like the Sonic is a great example because I think that's something where, you know, the Sonic, the design of Sonic fans were like, yo, nope. And they were like, okay, oh, oh sorry, our bad. Mm-hmm. Our bad. Mm-hmm. They went back, they changed it. And then fans were like, we are in, not just because of the design, but also not saying anything we all don't know because they were listened to and, and seen. And, you know, uh, growing up reading comic books, I, I think that, you know, the Marvel has figured out how to kind of drill down to the heart of what makes those characters fun and kind of what makes those characters tick. Well, that's just also like the generational turnover of mm, creators, right? Like the medium, the technology has like, would I say 2007 was like the dawn of the AAA game? By the way, I at that time, I just thought like, oh, this is this is video games? Like, no, it had just leveled up that year. Wow, I was like, well, I've been missing this the whole time. No, 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 no. That was the hot no. year. It was a hot ass year. That's a hot yeah. year. Um, but, you know, like the more that we, I'm, I'm quoting somebody and I really need to figure out who the fuck said this because they were very smart. Um, but somebody said, so Steven Spielberg is not ostensibly, is objectively one of the best filmmakers of history, right? When he was a child, he was in movie theaters watching movies. The Spielberg of the future, the Spielberg who is a child right now is playing video games. He's not Mm. watching movies. He's not watching movies. They're not watching movies. They're playing video games. So when they get older and want to tell their own stories and create experiences to explain themselves so they can feel seen, they're going to use an interactive medium. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So, that's so brilliant. Yeah. And I, that's, the, that's actually the, the thing I say to the people that I can just feel are dummies and don't respect the medium. Be, instead of saying all the mean things that I said earlier, which is like, you're obsolete. Mean, but not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. I sort of say that, right? It's like, understand you're, you're trying to get this younger demographic because your your god is these advertisers and these sponsors and i understand that you got to keep the lights on but you should really think about the demographic itself right so so, and what they are experiencing and how they are getting their feelings out how they're how, how they're experiencing their storytelling Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Sonia and I talk a lot about on this podcast about our love of indie games and how it really feels to me like indie games now 
are short films and, and creators. Are. Are the, the most interesting stories to me are right now going on in indie games because somebody can have a really fun, small, smart idea and execute it in a brilliant way. And it's $2 on itch or on Steam, and I play it for two hours, I have a great experience, and I'm like, wow, this was like more engaging than many mm -hmm. of the films I've seen lately. Mm -hmm. And it's more accessible to adults who don't have the time to play yes. an open world game, and Excellent. I agree. Um, and that is where I'm trying to lend the most support right now. Like, I, I volunteer my time at different, like, in indie studios because I, they are the future. Right. Yeah. And and I and when I'm in a Hollywood space, I say indie. You need to be paying attention to indie games because one, I would love if that's the IP that starts getting money. Ooh, because imagine if Hollywood, like, of course they're going to go get the the big ass AAA games for the most obvious fucking reasons. But like, the dopest stories are being told in these tiny games. And when Hollywood comes a calling to them, they can actually use that money in such a better way. It's not just going to disappear immediately into just like the real estate of the building that houses the the engineers, you know? So <laughs> like- 1,000%. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the indie space is, is really the most exciting space. But I also, when I'm in like a Hollywood ass room, I try to explain the landscape like this. Yes, we have $120 million franchises in the movie business. We also have the movies that win the Oscars. So the mm -hmm. games industry, exactly the same. We got the $300 million game for all the people that go to the same kinds of movies. And we have the beautiful small indie games, just like the Oscar movies, bruh. I just, I, I constantly think about how long it took for uh, comic book movies to kind of take off. You think about like the first Iron Man, you know, Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. Like that was a long time ago. I mean, and in just yes. now. So it's Have like- Have you seen the, the documentary on like, and the explanation of like how they were bankrupt and they no. had this was, oh my God. No. I gotta so, see that. Okay. I think it's like even on, I think you can like watch on Disney Plus or something. There's also yeah. a book that I have to read. It's like how they got it made and the risk that it actually took, that wow. they took to prove that like this was a thing that could work. And so they earned the right to spend 10 years with these archetypes. Maybe it's because I'm a completionist. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't watch like any of them. I was just like, yeah, I'll get to it later because I could see what they were doing and I kind of knew what was coming and I was like, I'm going to wait. Well, I waited until last year and I watched the entire timeline in chronological order because I wanted it? to be ready How for phase two. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. I cried. So I'll cry right now thinking about how I felt when <laughs> I'm such an idiot. When <sighs> I'm You're among a, idiots. You're among idiots. <laughs> I get so emotional. And when he finally says Avengers Assemble, I thought oh. about I thought about the decade plus of all these people working in concert, betting on each other, behind the scenes, making sure that they could earn that moment together. I thought about the babies born. I thought about just like the the generation of time that was spent earning that those two words it's so beautiful i can't believe like i can't believe they fucking did it right 
Now I'm going to cry. You got me like crying. I know. Now we're, we're all tearing up. No. There is nothing else like it. It's crazy. It's crazy. So all of that, all of that emotion that we all feel. And now we get to have some comic book ass comic book yes. movies. So when Let's go. some dude shows up and says, oh, yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a spell for that shit. People go, <laughs> well, of course he does. And it doesn't feel strange yeah. because – they, because they know him and they love him, and, you know, and he don't, they don't love his cape. Right. They love his journey. Yes. You know, yeah. and and it's going to be so cool to see that these these archetypes who have had these journeys have now, you know, like the the beauty of Spider Man. Spider Man. I like. Spider- I don't know why I say it like this. Like, Spider- like Iron Man. Spider Man. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. Tell me I'm not the only one. No, you're um, not. No, you're not. But like having having Iron Man be this father figure to fill his oh. own father wound and pass that on to this child, and then and at some point that child's going to be old enough. You know, like we are. They have now doubled down. And said, we know how to do this right. So these people can actually change. These people, meaning these archetypes, can actually change. So 10 years later, they're not having the same journey. They're not having the same priorities or super objectives. And it's just like, holy shit. How do they do this? Some big risks and big payoffs. It's wild. What do you think? I mean, and maybe it's Borderlands, but like, I think we're right on the precipice of seeing the video game adaptation revolution. I mean, it feels like we're right there. I don't even, I don't care. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't, I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'm not worried. Like, it's more like of a thing of like, I'm curious. It's like, it's really fun. Yeah, like be. sure, maybe, but I just yeah. think it's just like, I, listen, I obviously want the movie to do well. We all sure. killed ourselves trying to make it, of make course. it. But like, I just have a really zoomed out perspective and I'm just yeah. like, these things will always exist and it'll go the other way. Like there will be some movie that was cool and then there will be a game about it. Like that's how already happened as well. Right. Yeah, so like, there, it's all just storytelling and it's all just like, it's just another medium in which to tell the story and experience yeah. these characters' journeys, right? So I just, yeah, sure, maybe we're on the precipice, but I'm more so like, I just told that whole insane story about this Marvel universe and like learning how to show human needs through archetypes to say that the children that watched that happen and grew up with it are going to want to do the same thing in games when they're old enough mm-hmm. to tell their own stories. And the other misconception about the games industry is that you have to be a code monkey to be able to enter the space. It's like, no, 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 right. not at all. It is filled with artists. It's they, it, The games industry is filled with forward-thinking thought leaders. Yes. People are just going to realize that. It's yeah. going to happen. It's not going to feel like some niche. And the more that... As time goes on, parents are going to see that their children can have really respectable, sustainable careers and be respected grownups in as a, in the games industry. And that just means that they're gonna there's going to be better games. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and even to your point with um, indie games too, and how everything now it feels way more accessible, especially in the development too. Totally. The tools for development, the tools for just creating art in games and and you know, creating voices and putting an indie game together, you know, while you don't have the budget of a AAA studio, it's it is accessible and it is possible to tell these amazing stories and you know, for the kids who are growing up, 
with archetypes like that and want to be able to tell their own stories through those archetypes and their own uh, interpretations. Uh, they have so many tools at their disposal to be able to make games and to put them out and for them to be successful. Yeah, it's true. And, and you can also be a complete dumbass and make a game. You know, like I made a game with my friend Will called Retired Men's Nude Beach Volleyball League about a bunch of naked old guys I playing volleyball. I didn't know shit about making games. Right. I learned There's an epic story there. On there. People don't realize how low the barrier to entry is. Yes. And you really, you don't need to learn how to play the piano. It, it could be just like plunking in a couple keys and you could still make a really fun, if you have a fun idea, go so just do it. Most people yeah. in the music business don't know how to read music. Right. Paul McCartney doesn't know how to read music. Or play a goddamn intro. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just... If you want to be dope, go be dope. If you want to tell your story, if you want to bring people into your own experience, just just go and do it and don't think that it's like it's just not as hard as you think it is. Right. And the the other thing that's really interesting about, you know, games just in terms of what it does is like it's such an intimate experience because giving somebody agency is incredibly intimate. So powerful. immediately. Yeah. yeah. Right? Choice and influence. Oh gosh. You can you can take people to places and experiences and feelings and ways with games that you can't on screen. I think about like the uh, end of the game inside. Have you played that with a little kid? Right. Oh. So the end of that, which is like the, the act three is bonkers, right? It's crazy. But then at the very end, you know, you kind of come to rest on this kind of beach and it's like, it's this weird feeling. I can't even say it now. That, that I have I, all the chills just right. thinking about how it felt. And it's like, I can't believe it's so amazing that games have evolved to a way where it's like, now it's giving me this feeling that I can't even describe, but I love and connect you, with. And you know it. And you know it. it. Is, and you know this, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I'm playing Norco right now. And it is, it's a vibe, y'all. Like, oh, I don't even know what play, that is. What is it? I don't no, know what that is. I haven't heard of it. What is it? N-O-R-C-O. It's an indie game. Just go get it. I love it. Go play it. Wait, yep. Give us the elevator pit. What's Salt. the game? What is it? Or I don't we should tell you. we should go in blind. We should go in blind. Yeah, you should go in blind. I can tell you that like this. I don't even. Okay, I'm not going to tell you about the environment or anything, but I can tell you like it takes place in Louisiana. Cool. Okay. That's all I want to. All I, I want to say. It's I love just it. like I'm not going to tell you time period, or I'm just going to just go and play it. It's really. It's. I'm about to start stalking the the creators. And oh, that's what this whole podcast <laughs> is about. I was obsessed with I'm inscription. Coming. And so we had Daniel Mullins on, I was obsessed, mm. obsessed with the witness. We had Jonathan blow. I love mm -hmm. like pulling in friend. people. Oh man. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he's an interesting, he's so, cool. he's he's so smart. You're just he's so, so weird. Smart. Brilliant. And he is, he's one of those people where like how he spends his time doing things that I even find strange, like the dance thing that he does. It's, I forgot what it's called. Like, did you guys talk about that? No. <laughs> what is okay, that? Okay, go, go, talk, go ask him Amazing. like how this dude spends his hours <laughs> doing various, very diverse experiences in his life. He's just yeah. dope. And but that makes I, sense, I right? That. It's no, like you have yeah. to cause your brain to mm -hmm. fire in different ways. And like that dude is absolutely making his own brain fire in different ways because he's just seeking out interesting in. things. Yeah. 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 It's soaking in so many other things that can influence um, 
just influence other circles in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, and, uh, you know, uh, you as well, uh, Janina, it's like, I think so many people who are into games have such a huge skill set and are just generally very curious. I think it really attracts yeah. a certain mm-hmm. kind of person that's just very curious and wants to learn different things. Um, and that's what's so exciting right now. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. I hate to say it. Oh, this, is, this has been uh, an absolute thrill. Uh, but we love to end every interview with asking our guest their best game and their worst game, their favorite game and their least favorite game. So not best and worst. It's like, so let's start low and we'll go high. What's a game that either brings out the geek rage or disappointed you, broke your heart the most, What's a game that you oh. just like, you despise? Well, you know, it's, it's almost, in, this is like a cop-out. So maybe, like, I've now seen behind the curtain and ah. work behind the curtain too much to ever disparage any game. Right. It's just too hard. It's right. just too hard yeah. to make a game to say, this sucks. Agree, because right? everybody's trying to do something great. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. trying really hard to and, do and something And it's just great. too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> um, but maybe something that stung you personally. Well, I'll tell you, like, a bad experience I had. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is also just like telling you a bad thing about myself. So again, wasn't allowed to play video games growing up, right? I um, killed a person. I killed somebody. I, it, just once. It's <laughs> a um, safe place here. It was like, not, it was like kind of on purpose, but like mostly by mistake. Okay. This um, meeting is being recorded. This what? <laughs> okay. You remember 007? Mm-hmm. Yes. How the fuck is anyone not going to cheat? Right. Like, yeah. we didn't have the technology at the time, you know what I mean? So, like, that's what we had. Like, that's how we entered the yeah. multiplayer experience. But, like, do you think I didn't peek? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, why <laughs> would doing? I not use every tool to my advantage? Thank you. I'm not going to not... And then I didn't, you know, like I know everybody, people would have, like, the cardboard and, like, do the thing or whatever <laughs> and, like, not cheat or whatever. But, like, I didn't, I didn't have enough friends to you know i just didn't have that experience so i like i think i just like played it once and i was like i'm cheating how do i not cheat how is someone right it's it's right right there there. i know where you are i'm gonna kill you right now like you know like how it's just so there's yeah that was but that's also because i'm not i'm a bad person apparently that's not true at all see my view on this here's my here's my perspective you gotta be good enough everyone cheats Let's just all cheat as much as possible, and then it evens the playing field. Even the cheating. playing field. You know where you know? I am. You it's, still ain't going to get me. It's like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. You still need to know the map. Yep. It's true. You still need just to know it well enough just to get know. Good. So. It's like doping in sports. Just pump everybody full of drugs, and then even the playing field. <laughs> yeah, let's just, yeah. you know, let's just even the playing field that way and go for it. All right. I feel yeah. you. I feel you on yeah. that one. I feel sure. you. Honor system yeah, ain't going to work for me in 007. No, no. it's not going to work. It's no. not going to work. So I'm only going to enter situations where, like, there is no there is no cheating um, available. Did you, ha- did you have a favorite? I was a Pistols Caves person. Did you have, do you remember, did you have a favorite? No, I never uh, even played it enough oh. to even know. Oh. I don't even know what that is, right? It's like before my yeah. time. I don't yeah. know what that is, right? Yeah. I just remember the feeling of being like, this is dumb. Why are we? Everybody's lying. I can lying. literally see your screen. I can see, you're, you're I can see you. <laughs> you're lying if you're not, if you're saying you're not looking at exactly where I am. This exactly. is dumb, right? But but that's where we were with technology. It's just I didn't know because I hadn't, I wasn't a gamer yet. Like I didn't, I just didn't know any better. Mm. Oh, so sad. Um, and I do love how people still broke out the cardboard. Like that would, 
that would make a big difference. I mean, I think that if that was a choice or like that was an opportunity, I'd probably be like, yeah, that probably will help. But I wasn't in an, <laughs> an environment where that was an opportunity. So, yes, you know, I, I don't even know whose basement I was in. But anyway, OK, so. Uh, well, let's go. Oh, let's go. We can, yeah, let's go. And on uh, a high what note. What is your portal? Fa- oh, portal. portal. Oh, easy. Portal, end of story portal. Yes. End of story. Yeah. Uh, now, the the whole orange box as well? Or no. is like portal, portal above Absolutely all? Absolutely not. And what, <laughs> what do you portal remember? Portal 1 and 2. What do you love? Yes. Oh, portal 2 is one Well, Half-Life 2 was on that orange box too, though. Yes, it was. Half-Life mm-hmm. 2 was on the orange box. Yes, it was. But there were four games, I think. It was like Team Portal, Fortress, Half-Life 2, Team Fortress, Team Fortress which I didn't. And it wasn't but Sonya, But I actually did play. Really but I don't really. That was a multiplayer game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because that was like right when people were like starting to really get into multiplayer. God, that was a hell of a year. Hell of Um, a year. I, but I, I didn't, I still don't really play multiplayer. I'm like, this is my experience. Goodbye, everyone. Right. (laughs) I'm a single, single narrative. Uh, I love the stories, but, uh, but yeah, Portal, I think is, and also I think Portal is a great example of a game that could kind of only be a game. I don't think if you translate it to another form of media, I don't want to read the novelization of Chell and, and GLaDOS and all that stuff. I love it as a game. I think it's so perfect. It's all meat and no bones. That is just such yes. a perfect, no fat yes. game. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, truly. you know, not to make a make a, a box pun for it being oh, on the orange box, go. but it did really, it was kind of outside of the box. Oh, I love real. it. I, I just, it was such, it was a game that was so clever. Yeah. The mm-hmm. writing was so funny. The writing is and incredible. It was so good. And there's so, like the Easter eggs with the, was it the rat man oh, and ever like I, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a game. Like we're saying that year, was it 2007? 2007. Wow. That year was lit. That, that year was the was year y'all. That was the year. That was the year. 2K7. Yeah. RIP yeah. 2K7. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. And so, yeah, you started off at the top. You started out at started the Started off at the top. And, but uh, I didn't even answer yeah. your earlier question. So I started tweeting that I was loving video games, and there were not that many tweets, so somebody noticed. And then somebody at Ubisoft, like, invited me to go to Montreal. They were like, we'll invite Janina to Montreal, and she can walk around, but she has to sign this NDA, and she has to let us put cameras on her. And I was like, oh, yes, please? <laughs> yes, please? So... That your first question was like, when's the first time you got to? I never even answered the question. So that's the oh, that's circle. the answer. Here we go. That's the first time I got to see behind the curtain. And then I, my the first game I got to perform in was uh, Far Cry Four. Such a great experience. And so I was Amita in that. And it's sort of like all blips, and <laughs> the big blips are like. And then it was Battlefront. After that, it was like. Her horizon, like now I've just like worked on a, bu- a bunch of stuff. Like I'm right now working on five different games in wow. performance. Oh my gosh. But the other ones that are like various different, you know, casting and voice direction. And like uh, mm-hmm. now I've sort of do all of the things. Yeah. We've got a lot of awesome things coming. I up. love it. We are so happy you could join us today. Thank you for your mm-hmm. time. You're so busy. Uh, thank you for, for spending this time with us. Please come back. Uh, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Yeah, of, uh, I, honestly, what, anytime. Uh, yes. Anytime. And please tell me what you think about Norco. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm going to play it tonight. It'll be great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Of course. Thank you so much to Janina for joining us. And again, 
backseat game anytime. Yeah. We are here for, please. I could use the support. She could just take my controller and just play for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that Borderlands movie, it's going to be, Borderlands is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was awesome. We got to talk to her. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. See you in a second. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, and we're back. So I I need to address something. It's kind of been going on in the background for a minute, and I feel like we haven't directly talked about it. Um, Blay. Yes. Have you beat The Last of Us 2 yet? Okay. Oh, come on. Well, okay. Uh, Let me just say, let me just say, let me just say, before, before I reveal my answer, Mm. I think you've revealed it already. <laughs> <laughs> the silence is damning. I just, I, uh, okay, I have. I have not. I have oh, not. Okay. And I'm going to be honest. I haven't even, oh man, you guys are going to be so upset. I Why? was halfway to taking a drink <laughs> of something and I almost spat it out when I said I haven't even. I haven't even played it since I promised you guys I would beat it. I haven't even played it. And here's what, can I just explain, before you get upset at me, you're both very angry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I uh, there's a couple things. First of all, mm. I'll give you the, the bullshit answer, which is, you know, I don't want to play it on stream. And since I stream every night, it's, it's, it's hard for me to work in a game that I don't want to stream. That's the bullshit answer. But the real answer is this. And the real answer is this. There are certain things, and I there's some books I put in this category, that are just too emotionally distressing to play. I'm just not, I'm going to be quite honest. The pandemic is still going on. I, 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 you know, I'm just, I'm not in a place where I have emotional bandwidth to feel other things other than just plowing through my... <laughs> my fucking shitty life right now. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Sometimes it's good to get out, get a good cry, feel some emotions, let it out. Yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that normally without the game. <laughs> no, I, what it is, like, honestly, like what it is, is I, I just, I, I really can't feel other things right now. I just can't do it. I just can't feel other things. Maybe there's something to say about escapism into someone else's sorrow. Yeah, it almost sort of, I played it during the pandemic and it like helped me sort of escape into a different world. I, I this We're going to get into kind of a serious discussion if that's okay. But it's like, but when I start playing The Last of Us 2, it hits me in a way that I'm, it opens up a Pandora's box of like a mm. lot of other stuff that's not fine. Mm. And it, and it, it fucks me up. Like I, when I play it, it's like, I, I'm not good. Are there other games like that? That's a great question. 
Uh, are there other games like that? I don't, I really don't know. I mean, mm. Because it's like, I think other games that like hit me emotionally, like the end of Inside I thought was great. Witness was great. But The Last of Us 2 and The Last of Us, like the characters are so great. I just feel so yeah. much empathy for them. And The Last of Us 2, the way, the way they set it up with like how you have to play both sides is, is mm. it's, it's fucking me up. I'm going to be quite honest. It's that really I fucking do me get. Up. Yeah. Because even just having to play as Abby initially, like yeah. once that switched over, I almost stopped. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like her. Right. That It's yeah. like, I, I it's, can't. It's really brutal, but I also think that it is really brilliant. It is yes, really it is. Then no, you right. grow to like it. You're right. So, you're right. But, you know, maybe you we right. can look at this in the lens of this could be therapeutic. It could be Ugh. good to open it up a little bit, let some shit out, cry it, and then you know what? Have a palate cleanser on deck. Yeah. Have like Sayonara Wild Hearts ready to oh, go yeah. like at, as a fail safe. That made me point. feel nothing. I like that game, but I felt nothing. Uh, uh, I what will about say, Kirby? Yeah, what's Kirby, happier? But again, it doesn't, that stuff doesn't touch the deep well. You know, like Dr. K was saying, it's like an interesting thing because games, you could play at any time. You know, like he was saying about mm -hmm. like the bars close, you know, like all these other things like vices. But if video games are your vice, which they are for me, it's tough when you get sucked mm -hmm. into something because I'll just play it forever. And so it, it, I, I don't know if I can right now handle feeling that way at all hours of the day and night. Yeah. That's the real answer. It's not a sexy answer. It's not a funny answer, but that's the real answer. And, and, and I will say video games... What a testament to the artistry yeah. of The Last of Us and video games that I, I would even say that. You can't say that about Qbert and Frogger. I mean, these games I mean, now, or even movies, like even movies that have made me feel like emotionally, you know, I saw everything everywhere all at once. And I was like, oh my God, it really touched mm -hmm. me. But it doesn't touch me as deeply as a game, right? Yeah. Especially again, you know, to your point earlier of The Last of Us 2, having to play both sides. And yes. having, you know, there's, it is way more involved and it does, it touches a little deeper. So I can understand, you know what, we'll, we'll cut you a little slack. It's going to be a summer of The Last of Us 2. Or maybe, yes. yeah, summer of The Last of Us 2. Or maybe a week of the summer of The Last of Us 2. Because I feel like once I'm in, I'm just going to zip it through it. There we go. Uh, but, you know, I want to know, am I alone out there? What do you guys listening think? Have, do you guys have to build up emotionally to playing games? And if so, what are the games that affect you the, the most emotionally? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Good Game Nice Try. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this week. And ladies, I'm sorry. I owe you both in and out for not playing Last of Us 2. We'll all go together. It'll be great. Okay. Can't wait. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Eduardo Perez, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Brick Kahn. A special thanks to Lisa Berm and music, you know it, John Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 